YCKM Friends Podcast. It's your host, the Razor Man himself, YCK. And we about to talk. What we gonna talk about? Everything. Are you ready? Yes. Join in. All right. So for everybody's tuning in for the first time, this is the first episode. Um, this is very humbling. I want to thank each and every one of you who are listening to this today. Um, it's a nice Sunday. It's going to be really hot out, like 100 degrees. I'm, I'm staying indoors in a basement or a pool, either or. I'm going to figure it out. But uh, first thing I want to talk about first, uh, I want to pay homage to the fallen recently. Um, rest in peace, Honorable Congressman uh, John Lewis, um, who was such a pioneer in the civil rights movement. He needs to get his shine because he was right there in the front line, especially in the march in Selma. Um, He was there in Congress fighting the fight throughout his entire life. Um, So we need to pay homage for that man. Now, rest in peace, Honorable Reverend C.T. Vivian. He was also there in the front lines fighting for the civil rights movement. Um, Rest in peace, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. You already know the deal. This is not over. This is going to be a gradual fight. And we got to, you know, keep pushing, keep pushing for that legislation change. When it's time to vote, we got to go out and vote. Um, We have to be diligent. We have to be informed and uh, keep our eyes open. I'm not going to say stay woke because people really like to take that and run with it. But I'm saying be informed and and be aware of what's going on around you. Well, we might as well get straight into it. You know what I'm saying? Um, Everybody's been talking about this Mac the Stallion. And uh, Tory Lane's affair going on. Um, you know how they went to the party. I don't know if it's the Jenner's pool party at Hollywood Hills, but as you guys may know, they went to a party, Meg and Tory. Um, they were seen leaving a, leaving a party um, in the black SUV. We don't know exactly what happened in the car, but I think I think Tory did that. He did that shit. <laughs> it's terrible. So if you don't know, Long story short, so it seemed that Tory Lanez got in an argument with Megan. Um, we don't know how it happened, but Megan, uh, Tory had the gun on him, let that thing go. He hit uh, Meg the Stallion's feet a couple times. They got arrested. Um, Tory got arrested, and Megan got told to get out of the car. She really had to walk with bullets on her feet. I don't know how she did it. I don't know how she just didn't like fall down. I don't know. Megan's a superhero, but nonetheless. Um, it's been a, been a ridiculous situation about that. First of all, Tori, why you got a gun on you? Um, don't you have security? I don't understand why these celebrities don't run with security when they go around. When you have a chauffeur, you should have a bodyguard, somebody next to you at all times. So I don't understand why these guys just run dolo without security. I know you want to enjoy yourself and be an individual, but as a celebrity, it's different. I mean, from what I've seen, it's different. Everybody wants to be around you. You got to have your safety elevated. And so I don't understand why you didn't have security. But why are you out here shooting? <laughs> why you? Sh- why would you shoot Matt? That is so stupid. Like, I know it's allegations, but it's looking like Tor did that. But we don't know all the facts. But it looks like Tor did that. Um, I just don't understand why he's out here with a gun. Uh just real stupid and I've, I hope, I'm glad Megan's uh, recovering right now I know she's still in the hospital recovering from the gunshot wounds but 
that's got to be traumatic. I mean, especially if you uh, if you hanging out with you know somebody. I believe they might be dating. Just you know, kept it under wraps. But for you to get shot in an argument, uh, that's, that's super whack. I don't understand why it got to get to that point, and I don't know why Tori has a gun on him. That's that's stupid. That's stupid as stupid as hell, man. Um, we already talked about Jada. I think that's old news now. Jada and Will Smith. It's really none of my business. Um, if you want my real opinion on that, maybe that was a thing that they're going on. Maybe they had an agreement where, you know, Jada and Will go their separate ways, as they explained at a red table talk. Um, Jada was feeling the kid <laughs> with August, and I think it was a. It's a little iffy about what Jada was doing, trying to get August and, you know, for her own pleasure, knowing that he had some demons that he's fighting. Something doesn't sit right with me with that. Um, it seems a little predatory, to be honest with you. But at the same time, and it's really not my business to be thinking about what, what they do privately. I mean, there's celebrities and everything's all public, but this story was super garbage to me. Um, it's just blowing away out of proportion. Whatever they do, that's their business, honestly. So, you feel me? Yeah, but enough about uh, Jaden Will Smith. I want to talk about that. Do you guys hear about Roger Stone? I guess he was on Mo Kelly's uh, radio show. And they had a phone interview and it got a little heated. Um, I think it's a political interview. I didn't get a chance to uh, listen to the whole thing. But at some point, <laughs> Roger Stone said... I don't know why I'm talking with this Negro. Now, mind you, Mo Kelly is black. Um, he's a black radio host. He had Roger Kelly in the show. They had some things to talk about. And uh, uh, Roger Stone took it upon himself to say under his breath, I wish I wasn't talking with this Negro. And so Mo Kelly caught that and quite politely, I, I said, go check it out. But he quite politely said, oh, excuse me, what did you say? And <laughs> that energy was not kept Thy energy was not kept at all. Roger Stone kept, he, he played possum, kept quiet on the air, tried to pretend that his uh, connection broke up. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> How you that scary? You say Nero, and then you <laughs> go about for three minutes and keep silent. Some suck. Ridiculous, man. Like, Roger Stone kept quiet thinking that Mo Kelly um, broke up, that he couldn't hear him. And then he has the nerve, uh, Roger had the nerve, to go back on uh, the phone and say, oh, well, well uh, we broke up, I broke up, I'm sorry. And then, you know, Mo Kelly explained to him, so <laughs> he said, he explained to him, he was like, hey, you, you call me Negro? Like, what, what's up? Um, and Roger couldn't keep that same energy. I'm tired of these races being bold. I'm like, so many races are just being bold and have the audacity to just say what they they feel in their head. I, I really feel like it's came to a point where we can't just be polite about the bullshit anymore. Like, you have to start punching people out. Like, honestly, catch them on site. Because people are getting way too bold and they need to remind, be reminded that we're not the ones, especially as black folk. We are not the ones to just be called, you know, Negro, all these racial slurs and whatnot. I'm not taking that. Kimmy, I ain't taking that. You see that in my face? I'm fading on site. I don't care. I want that energy at all times. 
Roger Stone, he had the nerve to say that with a Richard Nixon tattoo on his back. How would you, would you tattoo Richard Nixon on your back? Like, for real, would you do that? <laughs> Kidding me? Nah. Now people just have the unmitigated goal to do, do these things, and I, I, it's really, I don't understand. And it was a pillar. It was heated discussion. It could have been civil, but then he had to say that. And you know, that's that's what racists do when they lose arguments. They start resorting to to race and getting personal. It's a sign of weakness to me. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, Roger Stone, you can eat a dick. So that's that's that on that. Um, COVID update: The South getting burned down with COVID. I'm really playing for y'all down south and in the west coast you guys are gonna hit with covid hard i understand that it's escalated it reminds me of covid up here in new york that was such a scary time in march and april um covid 19 is real i know people have their theories and they said it's a it's a power struggle and i'm i'm hearing you on all that but you gotta i'm trying to take this in a human perspective Humans are not all-knowing. Humans are not perfect. Um, we, we can't just think about these things in a non-human, um, robotic, logical sense. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people having these theories, these sentiments, saying um, we're not supposed to wear a mask. This is infringement on our freedoms. Um, they're taking away my individuality, mandating me to wear a mask. Listen, th- these masks are not about you. It's about the collective. And I think U.S. has to get real with themselves and understand that the concept of freedom, liberty, has never been about the collective. It's always been about the individual. And we're just a selfish society. Um, Masks are worn everywhere in the world without question when there's a public health issue. And in Asia, people have worn masks for decades. Um, They know that on the respect of their neighbor, the next one next to them, the person next to them, we wear a mask so we don't spread sickness, we don't spread illness. Um, We don't know everything about COVID, but we do know that these masks have been helping. It's been helping, it's been lowering the numbers and lowering the spread. These masks are not about um, yourself, it's about protecting the next person, protecting your mom, your dad, grandma, grandpa. I mean, this COVID is real, man. My mom got COVID in April, and it was a scary time. Um, thank God she pulled through. She recovered. And it's a blessing. Um, her birthday just passed last week. It was It's a blessing. But this is real, man. I'm, I'm hearing people losing family members, um, you know, going through it themselves. It's, this is a weird virus. This is just plaguing everybody. I mean, I really pray for the South. These, Governor Kemp, Governor Abbott, get your shit together, y'all. Like, for real. Get your shit together. Protect these people. It's gonna get really ugly this summer. And when flu season comes through, I don't know what what to expect. It's gonna get ugly. We're gonna hunker down. Yes, we gotta do certain things, but don't be reckless. Man, be cognizant of this disease. Honestly, I'm just getting tired of it. I don't understand why Brian Kemp is bringing up that lawsuit against uh, Mayor Keisha. It's okay, I mean, Keisha Lance Bottoms, yeah, um, in Atlanta, bringing up the whole lawsuit about the masks. Stop, stop talking about these masks. 
You don't have to wear the mask 24-7 unless you're an essential worker. Just wear masks around when you're around people. It's really simple. Like, it's real basic. And, and I don't understand why people really, like, on edge about it. It's real simple. It's, it's just common courtesy at this point. Um, but, yeah, this, the numbers are climbing. Um, but the cases... Oh, yeah, and also think about people saying, yes, there's hardly other people dying in relation to the number of illnesses. It doesn't matter. Again, you can think about it logically. You just say, um, there's chances I'm going to recover. But there's people whose people died because of this virus or whatever made-up thing you think it is. People died because of it. Yo, have a little bit of compassion and empathy and realize that. Like, it's that simple. People want to think a bit rationally. And people are only doing that because they didn't get hit the right. But once that hits you on the front door, you talk a different energy. Get the fuck out of here. People get me mad. But yeah, let me get on a more positive note. Since this is my first per- first episode, um, I really want to talk about uh, the origins of how I became a producer. Um, how it all started. How it really started. And some things about the journey how we got to 10 years as of July 5th it's been 10 years since I've done music production um, it's been a journey it's been a ride man um, but so I'm gonna break it down it started July-ish June July 2010 so I have a friend named Major Capers shout out to him Mr. Capers and music um, please check out his stuff he's on Instagram YouTube all that so he's the sensei he taught me how to make beats I was at his crib one day he was making, he was going to beat. And I was just like, I want to learn how to do this. How you do this? This was for FL, dang, it was like FL7 at the time. It's FL Studio 7. He showed me the basics. He just told me the basics of how to, uh, to sample. That was the first thing he taught me. He's like, this is how you sample and beat. This is what I do. Uh, showed me the ropes and, and showed me how to do that. And uh, he slipped me a copy <laughs> of FL. And I pretty much took to it, tried to learn as much as I could. Posted my first beat on YouTube on July 5th, 2010. It was a Hammer Bros sample from Super Mario 3. It was extremely basic, but that's you gotta start somewhere. Um, and it was fun. This is purely out of fun. I've always had an inclination in music. For some reason, as a kid, I just never like took to it playing instruments or like realizing my inner self and my inner um, keen, or not keen, but likeness, not likeness, but affinity, that's the word, affinity to music. Um, I think of melodies in my head all the time. Um, it's, it's part of me, you feel me? So when I learned, started learning how to make these beats, I was just making the beats and posting them, sampling video games, pop culture, because I was influenced by a guy, I don't know if, the real OGs might know, but this guy named Daryl Wingate, back in YouTube, he was doing flips of TV shows and video games and things of that nature, with beats, uh, making beats out of it. He's like the first guy I've seen to do it. I also saw a man, Akariu, shout out to Akariu. I saw him do it um, early on, but I wanted to do that too. So I was inspired by them. Just kept making beats. Um, people started listening, but it was a little, those slow numbers. And then uh, my guy, Aces Galvin. Shout out to Aces. 
um, he had this competition called uh, Battle of the Beats. Now, this was the second one he held, um, and I entered it. I was thinking I was going to make something tremendous. Uh, I made this beat. It was like six minutes long and basic. <laughs> it was so basic, but it was there was potential there. And I, I listened to other folks who entered, and it was just unbelievable music I was hearing. I remember, I think, Negro Saki, shout out to him. He won that competition. I know Maxi the Man was in the building. Uh, Max the Man, shout out to Maxi. Um, there's other guys as well, and they just made amazing beats, knew how to mix. It was just like I was way out of their league. And, but I was inspired because people caught on and then they encouraged me. Um, they were like, this is a good start. Um, there's a long way to go, but you, you're on your way. So okay, it, it motivated me to keep posting, keep learning. Just taking tutorials on YouTube, Major kept teaching me. Um, and I, I just kept making these beats. I tried to enter the competitions. And I remember the, the first break was too two situations where I had my break in YouTube. First one, after a after making this beat, sampling Pokemon, um, people know it a lot. It's a, I know Pikachu's on the thumbnail. Forgot, this Pokemon, the raid sample, that's what it was. I flipped the raid sample, um, made a beat out of that, something like MOP style, New York, hard hitting, boom bap drums. Check it out on YouTube. Um, but I made that beat. People caught on real fast. Like people thought this was it. This was like, yo, this is tough. Uh, people didn't hear it like that before. I mean, my guy Boris. Shout out to Boris um, on UVGM, the coach, the chairman, founder of UVGM, Universal Video Game Music. Um, he recruited me um, to join. Which is funny because I wanted to join Mad Heavy. Uh, before, because a lot of the guys I was inspired by were doing the things that I wanted to do, and they were in part of the group, and I wanted to be in. So I was working to that, but you know I didn't think I was getting noticed at first. <laughs> but then it was, you know, things came to be when um, I posted that beat. He gave me the invite, I ran with it, uh, and I'm so honored to be part of it. Um, but then people caught note. Uh, people started sharing my music around on the internet. I know it was on forums. That was back like in the early 2010s to 2000. There were forums. That's where people blew up. It was like some people was Tumblr. For me, it went through forums like video game nerd enthusiast forums. People would share my beats through there and they'd go viral in the forums, which then gives them viewers and then subscribers. Um, I remember one point there was a guy, Kennedy. I think his name is shout out to him. I'm pretty sure he had a forum which had over like 70,000 people or something like that. He shared like three of my beats on there and he was like, Look, you're gonna get about a thousand subscribers overnight. Um, don't be surprised. And I was like, Okay, whatever. <laughs> and sure enough, I was like at 300 subscribers, and the next day I had 900, and then the next day I had 1700. And then the next day after that was like 25, 26. I was like, this is insane. So it was like a six week period where I got up over five, 6,000 subscribers. Um, just off of sharing on the internet. 
and I was talking to people, sharing, showing praise. I was, you know, responding, commenting, responding to messages, uh, and the numbers grew. Kept posting. People were like, "Yo, I've never heard video games and cartoon shows and things of that nature flip in this sense." Uh, so I kept going. I kept entering competitions. Started making. I made my first project, the Throwaways. I made the drug series. This was fun. Um, Regarding how I got my first record placement, my first beat I sold for three hundred dollars. Just beat um, some guy um, bought it for me. He bought the stems three hundred dollars. That's my first beat. I was so excited. I was like, I could make money off of this, but it was more so for the love of the music. It's always been for that. But the first time I got my record placement, like in the industry, it was Jacque. My pieces hitting. Um, that was in two thousand fifteen. Um, Mind you, let me let me be real with y'all, actually, with this music stuff. So at this point where I was making mad music, I was in law school. I graduated from Ohio State, got an international business degree. Um, then I went to Albany Law School. I got in, I flunked first year. First year I flunked. I had like a 1.8 GPA, something crazy, um, because I was not taking it seriously. I was law school seriously. I was making beats every single day, like religiously. That's what consumed my energy. Um, that's a part of me. It's a part of the story. Um, looking back, it was that was one of the worst summers when I flunked because I had to do a whole paper and talking about why I should be readmitted. It was embarrassing because I wasn't moving up to the class, which I was part of. So I was embarrassed, but I had... About 15 people flunked that year, I think, and they were only taking two or three back. So I had to write a paper, get an advisor to co-sign me to get back into the school. And that was my entire summer. I had to write a paper on why I should go back. By the grace of God, they got me back. Started the first 1L year again. Um, but during that whole time, I was making a ton of beats and sending them out to everybody. And I flooded my I flooded my accounts um with beats. SoundCloud, YouTube, it was just mad beats day after day after day. So people caught on. Um I actually get got a partnership. When I went went back to school, I got a YouTube partnership with Broadband TV, Opposition TV actually. And then this is where we're coming to where I got my first placement. It was on SoundCloud. I made a beat that my pieces hit and beat which I thought was Amigos beat, but it really wasn't at all. It's actually probably one of my worst beats to be 100 with you. But people love it. Um, people caught on and were like, this is fire. Other people said it was trash. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, Jack Quay hit my inbox on SoundCloud, which I never checked my inbox in there. But somehow I checked it, and he was there. So he was like, let me use this, let me use this record. I'm going to record it right now and send it to you. Send it back to you. So he's like, yeah, I work. I'm part of uh, Bad Boy. I'm on a street team. I was like, all right, all right, yeah, all right, Blueface. He's <laughs> like, yeah, all right, Jack. Cool, cool. So, anyways, I sent the beat over to him because I didn't really care about it. Um, but then he sent the master. He sent the rough mix that night. I when I tell you, it was a hit. I already knew. It was a hit from the jump. Unbelievable. It sounded. Mixed 
it was so catchy he brought the beat to life and i was like yo this is amazing this artistry is crazy so i was like push it yo let's push this record let's do it let's do it let's do it move 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 so he tells me okay bet we're gonna send this to funk flex we're gonna send it to dj k slay um i'm like are you kidding me i grew up listening to these people in the radio I'm like you, you kidding me hot 97 funk flex dj k slay shade shade radio or whatever He's like, nah, we're gonna do this. So I gotta, I gotta get Jack Quay an interview for real, for real on this. I'm not just talking about, uh, see what his take was on it. But yeah, so he sent it, um, he sent it to Casey, and Casey played it on the midnight show on Shade 45. And I remember sitting in my bed with the laptop, and I got the free month trial on Shade 45 because I didn't have it. And then hearing it on the radio online put tears to my eyes. I was on the radio for real. My first radio placement was on Shade 45. I could tell that to my kids. They don't, you don't understand how big that was to me. So then people actually caught wind of the record and loved it. And they were like, yo, play this. People requested it on Hot 97, Power 105. Um, okay, Funk Flex, he dropped the bomb. Funk Flex dropped the bomb on the record. It caught on in New York heavy. People listening to it. My pieces hitting. People started saying it. I heard other records. Fab mentioned my pieces hitting. My pieces hitting on his records at the time. I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. Fab is mentioning something we made. Funk Flex dropped the bomb on the record though, for real. I, I cried. It's a surreal feeling. Um, we ended up making a video. I went to the video shoot. That was insane. I met Lil Mama there. Um, a bunch of Instagram models over there. I met Jacque there. And he's a down-to-earth, humble dude. Like, for real. Like, I'm really proud of where he is today. He's a real, genuine dude. Um, so we did direct the uh, Orange Star. Shout out to Orange Star. Uh, he was in the video. Um, what's his name? Tricky Graham, who did snapbacks and tattoos. He was in the video. Got to meet, meet and chop it up with him. He's cool. There was mad people over there. It was incredible. Um, that video shoot actually was funny because it was on a Sunday. It was on a Sunday. And I had to run to the city, catch a Greyhound bus, go in there early in the morning. I had to go in the shoot. We ended up going in the club, and I was in the club scene. Um, so if you do see my pieces head in video, you'll see me with the snapback, um, chilling in the back with the VIP, with Jacquay, Lil Mama. I was in that video. So I think that's the only cameo I had in the video. I need to be more videos. <laughs> but nonetheless, we, okay, so we're in the video. We go, we get it all done. Afterwards, they were going to an after party, nightclub. I had to go back to the Greyhound to go back to class, law school, for Monday lecture. I couldn't just take that out. I don't know why I did that, but I did. Funny, they took the Sprinter van. So I'm sitting in the seat. Lil Mama's sitting behind me. And uh, she's got the tall, tall boy, the, the jumbo Ciroc bottle um, that was supplied by the Sprinter van. I think it was on Bad Boy's budget, and they supplied it because they had mad Ciroc bottles on there. But nonetheless, um, 
we did a toast. Little mama did a toast for me specifically. I think she was hitting on a boy. <laughs> to this day, I think she was hitting on me. But nonetheless, she gave me um, a cup with the Ciroc. We had a toast, and it was it was heartfelt. And she said it was big blessings, all that whoop the whoop. Then I had to get dropped off. I was lit. Got dropped off at the Port Authority, caught a bus back. Got back at like 2 in the morning. Had class at 8. Um, I was running on fumes, but the, the high that I had from being in a music video and being part of the industry officially was just, it was a surreal feeling. Um, yeah, and that's my end on the industry. That was my first placement. And then I had a couple other guys um, hit me up for recording. Um, contributed some records for, for French Montana. I didn't get the placement per se, but I was working on a couple beats on the ends for French and the Coke Boys. Um, yeah, I got, at the time I got um, a placement from Drum from his first mixtape, One Epic Summer. Um, I had that Yoga Fire record, a couple records on there. Shout out to Drum. Um, we actually hoping it work someday with him. I just got in touch with him again recently, so we'll see what that goes. But I was working with Drum. Mickey Fax reached out to me. We made a record. Um, a bunch of producers reached out to me. Um, it was incredible. So I was back in school, but at the same time, my music career was starting to bubble. And it's crazy how things work because I got flunked out of high school. Now I, I graduated. I practice. Workers Comp, and I still got a career with well, music that is bigger and better than it ever been. Um, it's just a blessing. Um, the origins, though, is just out of pure passion for music and pure passion for making beats, being a hip hop enthusiast. You know, just building on that love, and, and you know, got to the point where I am right now. So now I'm trying to start a new journey with the podcasting. Yes, this podcast is probably dry. <laughs> but it's going to get better. Yeah, I was just beginning. But uh, I have seen, now I have the same feeling, the same passion for doing something new and seeing where it goes. And I hope it goes far, you know. So that's, that's that. But enough about me, though. <laughs> Let's talk about this new music. <laughs> Come with me. Give me all your things, yeah. We could go to Gucci, go to Louis V, yeah. Can me take you one degrees? <laughs> what? <laughs> Full speed, Savoy Perry. Can me? <laughs> Yo, Drake, what are you on, bro? Okay, diet, Abel. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, Drake, <laughs> DJ Khaled dropped two new records with Drake. I think it's their annual two to three records per year that they just dump out. Um, I really think it's mid. <laughs> Every year it's mid. I don't know. What's what's the best Drake DJ Khaled record? I can't even think of it in the time I had. But yeah, they dropped one, Grease. There's one in Pop uh, pop Star. It's two. So that's two hot tracks right now. <laughs> Come with me. Shiki went to Grease. Full Speeds and Rolling Paris. <laughs> can't stand Drake, man. <laughs> the saddest thing is he can't miss. 
I can't even be a hater to Drake, but because in the terms of the music that he makes, he just doesn't miss. He knows what he's doing at this point. He is in cruise control. If we're going to look at it based on his discography individually, he's definitely on cruise control right now. And he hasn't made anything remotely close to the heat that he was making a few years ago. But nonetheless, he dropped this new record. It is catchy. The beats are catchy to me. I like that Grease beat. Um, especially the last minute of it when it was just empty drums and he's rapping over that singing but this record is ridiculous the concept of it <laughs> why is it gonna sound like weekend like pick an accent bro drake pick an accent bro. like you really out here sounding like able i really thought it was weekend i was like did you write this wrong this is the wrong feature i was like this is great this is drake Come with me. Take him at the breeze. <laughs> oh my god. But what's the new music out? I heard a little bit of the Summer Walker project. It is fire. Summer Walker is fire. Um She's been she's been like she's been four for four. I don't know what number. She she she's been hundred percent from the three. Um she's shooting lights out right now. Really dope music, especially if you're on that introspective vibe. Really good, like house cleaner music. You know, it's a it's a vibe. Summer Walker's on that. Snow Allegra just had a new single. I really liked it. Um, she's on that sophisticated bag. She gives me Sade vibes. Um, listening to her music, she gives me big Sade vibes. She's not the same as Sade, but she gives me those vibes, and it's, it's good. Any person or singer could give me Sade vibes. Come on now. Come on, Dad. You want to price this right with me. <laughs> so, new music, of course. I got to get my gully. Waiting for that uh, Black Soprano family. Big BSF gang. They dropping the tape with DJ, uh, I think DJ Drama, um, on the 31st. Looking forward. Um, I've been listening to Shay Noir lately. Um, she is based in Buffalo. Female rap artist. Absolutely She's the truth. Um, I don't know why I'm so late to listen to her music. But she's like... She's the truth. Like, she raps her ass off. Uh, she's incredible. Um, and she's got the gritty bars that you can believe. She doesn't have to sell herself or have that objective... You know, objectifying agenda with her music. You know, talking about her body and all that. Like, securing a bag. Uh, she she got her own wave to it, and it's super dope. Um, we talking about uh, some other folks. City Girls had a new record recently. That record is pretty catchy. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> With Doja, is, is Doja on that? That that record is low key sort of catchy, but it's stupid. But it is catchy. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, Juice World's album is fire. Um, Juice World, it's conflicting for me to listen to Juice World because in one end, I I appreciate and really love the artistry in his music. Rest in peace, Juice World. His music was really, really amazing in the artistic sense. Um, it evoked a lot of emotion. It was just beautifully done, especially this album. It was well done. I like how he had the rock star vibes to it. Um, it was a well done album. 
but it's just the content I can't really I can't relate to it um, content wise talking about the depression and taking all the pills and taking the lean and trying to suppress your thoughts unhealthily I know it's raw and honest and I can respect that but it always sits with me wrong when I when I listen to it especially on the way that Juice World had his demise it was due to you know consuming these drugs and it's just sad it hit me it was sad listening to it but it was beautiful it was a beautiful album but they had a content and I just can't really um, I think they're for me I'm blessed to have um, alternatives and other ways that I can um, always you know cheer myself up and purge my thoughts when when I'm down and I, I wouldn't resort to you know these substances that can really hurt you and damage you and kill you so it doesn't really remain to me in that sense but I can appreciate the artistry uh, behind the album it was really it was really dope Drop some music. Some mad people dropping music. Let me check my list here. But uh, you do for a pitbull. I'm, I'm, we're due for a pitbull record that it's like sampling some '80s hit. We just do for it. That's my mark my words. Um, also, Rihanna. I feel like she's gonna do a surprise release sometime in the fall. Um, just mark me up for that. I don't really have that many other people to talk about, but yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the big guys. Uh, Kanye is supposed to drop an album soon. Actually, I knew this was a whole rollout, this whole president thing. He ain't running for president. Fuck out of here. He's not running for president. It was a whole rollout. It was too apparent. It was obvious. Like This is what he does. He has his manic episode. Um, every time he releases music, he has some episode and loses his mind. Says he's running for president, or he's gonna jump off a bridge, or he says something that polarizes all of us, so that we have him talked about in the press and generates the numbers, the algorithms that be, and then he drops an album that's mid, and then we forget about him three weeks later, then four months later does the same thing, just roll out, it's a whole roll out. Yes, I will be listening to the album, though, so I sound like a hypocrite. <laughs> I'll be listening to the album. Of course, I'll make a review on that in the upcoming episode when it does release. Um, but, yeah, this is a rollout. It was apparent that this was a rollout, you know. So, forget all that. Um, NBA, who's ready for the league? Do you guys really think this league's about to, about to go off? Because I don't think we're going to have these games, man. The fact that Russell Westbrook and James Harden got COVID. <laughs> like, of the three people who got COVID in that bubble, it had to be them, too. <laughs> it really had to be them, too. <laughs> oh, people have concerns about the, the players' sex lives in the bubble. <laughs> they need to get their hoes. <laughs> for the bubble. Where the hoes, he man? I need it for the bubble. <laughs> That bubble. We're just going to talk about the bubble. Let's talk about it. The food's whack. Apparently, it's not five-star service. It's like cafeteria food. (laughs) 
I wonder how this is really going to work. Who do you think is going to win? I think it's going to be the Lakers and Bucks in the finals. Um, I think Lakers in five. That's my prediction. But I think uh, Giannis is going to be going off in this, this games. I think Giannis is going to be going off. We're going to be on the lookout for that. Um, and Anthony Davis, I think, is going to be going off as well. It's just my random takes on that. Um, but the NBA, you don't really need to rush this. I mean, for real. You don't need to do the season, personally. Be safe about it. Um, they are playing soccer. Um, so, I've been watching soccer. So, I'm good on that. Uh, yeah, NBA, you don't need to do too much. Like, don't get people sick out here. Training staff. You know, all the staff that's in the teams. Their safety is paramount. I don't want to risk that. But then there's a TV deal, so, you know, money prevails over everything. So, you just got to mind yourself at the end of the day about that. Feel me? But, yeah, NBA, I'm cool on it. But if it comes out, I'm going to watch. I still think the Lakers are going to win against the Bucks in the finals. That's my take. Um, I don't know what else to talk about out here. Shout out to Joy Reid, AM Joy. Um, she's finally got her show on MSNBC starting tomorrow. She's on the primetime slot. Um, go black woman. Go black woman. Facts. Joy Reid. I love her show on the weekends. AM Joy. I'm watching in the weekends. So I'm, I'm really happy that she's got her weekday show now. She's one of the goats. Her and Rachel Maddow. They be talking that talk. Um, shoot. Oh uh, yeah, one thing before I go. Oh, what, regarding what I'm watching, I need to know. Oh, I watched uh, Fatal Affair. <laughs> I watched Fatal Affair on Netflix with Nia Long and uh, Omar Epps in it. Yo, go watch Fatal Affair. <laughs> Yo, this movie funny as hell. <laughs> it's like every typical um, suspenseful love, uh, love triangle type movie with the stalker. And you know how the stalker is like so in love with somebody that you do anything to get, you know, it's one of those movies. Really worth the watch. Watch it with a significant other, I advise. Um, this movie is out of control and ridiculous. <laughs> but Nia Long's in it, so I gotta watch that. You already know the deal. Nia's eternally fine for for the rest of time. It's a bar. But I've been watching that. Back to watching Ozark. I'm on season two. I know I'm late, but I'm watching that. It is getting good now. Every time I've tried to watch it, I've always passed out. Fall asleep. So, you know, it doesn't really work out with it, just that, but now, now, now I'm getting hooked. It's, it's getting really good now uh, with the Snells and, and all that. So I'm on that type of time. I got to watch the Stefan Marbury documentary. So I got to watch that. I've been watching Baki. I finished that. That was dope. I gotta watch. There's a lot I gotta watch on there. On Netflix. Um, I watched I Am Not a Negro. Please watch that. That's a significant uh, documentary given the times. I'm looking forward to the John Lewis documentary. Um, that I think her name is Erica. I forgot her last name, but she she was on the Cosby show at one point. And um, she wrote a, she did a documentary on uh, Congressman Joe Lewis. Rest in peace. But I'm looking forward to watching that as well. Yeah. There's a lot to watch on Netflix. You feel me? 
and uh, Hulu. Hamilton, I gotta watch Hamilton, but I'm hearing great things about it on Disney Plus. It's uh, brilliant. That's from here, so I'm about to watch Hamilton as well. Now, give you my take on that when I do um, get to it. Um, before I go, I'm just gonna do some shout-outs uh, for the indie scene that we gotta look forward to. Pull my notes out here. Um, as you know, shameless plug, not too Fuji and I dropping the tape. Shooting for August. So we we gonna get there. It's gonna be that. Shout out to Tanatsu. Um my guy Beaster dropping his take Mad Love. It's uh, July 24th coming up Friday. I'll do a review on that. Um on the next episode, I'll do a Mad Love review. Let me know what it is. The artist of the week for me, Blizzy Boy. Shout out to my low Blizzy Boy. Um he's been on his grind. Check check it out on Instagram, Blizzy, Blizzy Boy, B L I Z Z I B O I. This man is the truth. This man got next. I put that on everything. This man has got next, and when he blows up, don't you can tell me. You can thank me later. So get hip on the Blizzy Boy fast. This guy's a rapper, singer. Um, he's an overall artist, and his artistry is exemplary. You have to see. You have to listen to him. Um, look it up, Blizzy Boy. Um, he he and the gang from the Low Bros, Sakuchiba, Chiba, my guy um, Chris Guapin, aka Young Chief, is part of the group. Um, the Low Bros are doing uh, an album coming soon. Um, once uh, that comes out, I will do a review on that as well. Um, shout out to my guy Grayson, G R three Y S zero, and that's how you spell it. Look it up, my guy Grayson. Dropped uh, vibes from the 845, I believe. Honored to be part of that project. Some fantastic project. Um, real fire. Um, go get that. Um, shoot. I'm pretty much all out. This is a good 40 minutes. But uh, this is the first podcast. I'm going to get nice and nice with this. The whole vision will be to get people on board. I'm going to do interviews get my funny segments with it this is gonna be a growing experience if you want to ride with me you know spread the word let them know right he has a podcast now and he actually recorded it and he's actually gonna do this thing so for everybody who's here at this point listening to this i love you guys um have a great day remember hug your loved ones drink plenty of water you're loved out here salute Salute, salute, salute. At the end of the match, the dressing room was heaving with people. Everybody was so...